Let's go into the standing posture. See if you, when your body gets up, if it wants to stretch a little. So then uh, again, the, the feet, not parallel, not too close, not too far away, so that you feel a good support. Yeah, and then you adjust your posture gently as space for or maybe there's also quite a little lot of thoughts right now, so just uh, bring them with you. And maybe it's there's a bit of discomfort or restlessness. So it's all fine. The knees, so that's one important. Right? So particularly if you have this tendency to lock in your knees when you stand, right? so then you bend them slightly. Or whichever way feels good for you. And then you take your time and keep the posture alive. So while you are aware of the posture, you notice that it, it is alive and it adjusts in the hips. Notice yeah. Also in the chest, the tendency is a bit to open the chest, to make yourself vulnerable in the front. And you can make yourself vulnerable and soft in the front because you feel the support of the earth and the spine. So there's a stability there. One pith instruction for sitting and standing is a soft front and strong back. Usually it's the other way around. We don't feel strong in the back, so we need to make ourselves hard and protective in the front. Kind of build a wall around us. So, and in meditation we reverse that. We feel the support of the earth and the posture, the back, so that the front can relax, belly can soften, the shoulders relax. And we express with our posture the commitment to feel what we are feeling. If it's helpful, you can shift your weight a little, like swaying a bit. Maybe also to the side. So we're finding, we are, we are, we are moving, uh, we're circulating around that place of alignment with gravity where the, your skeleton stands like a pile of coins, like by itself, not, not straight as a pile of coins, because our body has natural curves and our spine has natural curves, but it's that sense of stability, so that you don't, uh, you don't need to tense muscles to fight gravity. 
And we're not looking for a still point. There is no still point. It's like a tree rooted and stable, but swaying with the wind at the same time. Away from the head into your hands, into the belly. Feeling the earth below and the sky above. And in the center of the heart. Between the earth and the sky. Breathing sliding into the body with the in-breath and then with the out-breath, softening. If you notice that you are a bit rigid, like kind of a military posture, then if you can soften that. Swaying a little, moving a bit the hips, it changes the position of your spine. So the first movement is uh, that we roll our shoulders, so you bring your shoulders towards the back and then up to your ears and you make like little circles with your shoulders. And you do it in your way. You can make very small movements and then maybe they become bigger. And again, there's a difference in treating your of body like a donkey, donkey you're riding upon, like just a thing, while you are really inside of your body and you do this movement with a sense of care. <clears throat> you give yourself a massage. So the primary meditation object here is this movement, the sensations. and uh, change it a little, yeah? from big movements to small movements, or the other way around, or in the speed. Yeah? So don't try not to make it like a mechanical movement where then your mind can go somewhere else. Imagine you haven't done this movement ever before, like you are kind of an alien inhabiting your body for a while, and it's like, Wow, what's this? They call it shoulders. How does it feel? And it moves. And it feels a little stiff. And notice the movements in the feet. How does it affect your feet? And 
breathing with this movement. Maybe you find a bit of a rhythm with the movement of breath. And then if you have done it only in one direction, do it the other direction. Start with the front and then going up. Relax the notion that you are in your head. You're having shoulders which you move. So the movement is being noticed where, from where it is, not from above. So movement and awareness are in the same place. So, and then you allow these movements to become smaller. Until the movement seems to stop, but still going on. And just notice how deep you can feel. to the back how are, you, how are your hands now the way the base something changing there knees and let the energy flow where it wants to flow. Soft belly breathing. So the next movement is just a simple floating up of your of the of your hands to both sides and making the cross. So you allow them to float up like balloons, as if there's balloons attached to it. And you bring them to the level of your shoulders. Breathe into that position and hold that position. 
shoulders are relaxed as possible, soft belly, soft knees, breathing into this posture, noticing the connection of your palm, palms of your hand and your heart. Just breathing. Posture is flexible, moving. Let go of the mental image of your body. So the primary meditation object here is not the mental image of your body, but the sensation of breath and palms of your hand and heart. didn't tell you that this meditation was for 15 minutes. <laughs> so divide your strength wisely. <laughs> soft body. Maybe a deeper in and out breath. And let the out breath already go. So what you feel here, that's prana, that's chi. That's lung, ventilator language. And you can feel it in your hands. It's not really cross-physical sensation, it's more like a flow of energy. One more time, You're opening your wings, so the hands float up, and then softening the shoulders, the belly, the knees.
open to the heart. direct experience. deeper in the out breath, letting go soften. And feel the spacious aliveness. Last exercise, you might need to open your eyes because we will balance on one leg. So, and it might be helpful if you, uh, you can maybe also do it with closed eyes, but for some people it's difficult. So if you focus on a point in front of you a few meters away, so, and then you lift one foot, and put it a little into front, and then you circle and bring your attention into the ankle and again see if you can make it a, a, a kind movement okay. connecting with your foot in a kind way and also turn it into the other direction, the front. Different um, speed. Relax the notion that you are up in your head. And then you put the foot gently down, close your eyes again, and uh, notice, is there a difference now? 
in the foot you removed and the other what is the difference? Is there a difference? Or do they feel the same? And if you gently go up your leg, how how I how how high up can you feel the difference? Maybe even up into your hips. Maybe even your hands feel different. <coughs> Just breathing with it. So if, if you feel a difference there, that's of course no, it's not cause physical sensations. That's a subtle energy body. And then we turn to the other foot, returning And then do it slightly different, so try different things so that it doesn't become mechanical. So and then you put down that foot also. Let's stand for a few more moments in the standing meditation posture. Your body is breathing. You perceive your body as energy.
So there's the content of your experience, the objects of awareness, sounds, sensations, feelings, mental images, thoughts, smell and taste, sight. Changing, moving, energy, non-static, authenticious, impermanent. And all of that is uh, our appearances within awareness, within consciousness. Or can you find something in your experience which is not experienced within mind, within consciousness, within awareness? So, is there anything? Maybe if you look quite quickly, maybe you can find something which is not within Awareness within consciousness, within mind. No, something outside. So if you look into your experience, maybe behind you, maybe behind you is something which is outside of Awareness, consciousness, mind. So this field of awareness, with its appearances, where's the boundary? thinking about that, but looking, where's the boundary? And then you rest. Down, 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 deeper, 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 deeper. Where's the boundary? And then you go up, 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 up. Until you find the boundary. And then you go into all directions. Where's the boundary of consciousness?
است and if it's appropriate or wholesome you anchor yourself and stabilize with the breath or with your hands while you maintain uh, while you maintain being conscious about consciousness and whatever experience is movement of consciousness just like a dream is movement of consciousness So there's uh, appearances coming and going, experiences, sounds, sensations, this voice, feelings, thoughts, mental images. But what is experiencing thoughts, feelings, sensations, mental images? What is experiencing this? Who or what is the experiencer? And you look and you rest. You look. then you rest in the looking. So who are you without referring to thoughts? The name of the thought your past is a thought, your future is a thought. Your personality is a bunch of stories. Your habits, it's all thoughts. And if it falls away, if your thoughts fall away, your habits fall away, you, you are still there. Capital letter U. But what is that you? The essential you. Where is it? What is it? What or who is the one who knows? Listen. Your being. Your 
look with your whole being, with your whole body. That which is aware and what you're aware of, are they separate from each other? And where's the boundary between? That what you know and that what knows. That's the boundary between those two. Is there a boundary? That which hears this voice, is it separate from the voice? Is it in a different place? And where's the boundary between these two places? Or is the hearing of the voice and the voice the same? Are they happening in the same place? And where is that place? Where is the hearing? Inside? Outside? In between? Both? Or neither? Just look. So mm. if, if you start to think about it, you just recognize it as thoughts. That's thoughts. Or you can direct your inquiry to the thought. Where does that thought come from? And what is it, what is it made of? I'm bored, I'm not interested, it's just a thought. What is this thought? What's the stuff? And where are they? What is receiving this, this voice, this breath, these sensations? What is receiving this? It's known, it's experienced. By what? By whom? If the answer to that question is a sense of I, a sense of me, like behind your eyes or in your chest, then you start to see, well, that's also just an object of awareness. The I, the me, the ego is an object of awareness. I know it. 
I feel it. I can describe it. So who is describing it? Who is feeling it? The sense of the body, the sense of the brain, as an object of awareness. You can describe it, you can feel it. It's an experience. What or who is experiencing, receiving, perceiving, knowing? And then you rest in the looking. So let's let's look at thoughts. So let's wait for the next thought to come. So the next thought which you're going to experience, where will it come from? So you look at kind of a like a cat in front of a mouse hole waiting for the mouse alert but completely relaxed. And then the mouse comes out. So the next thought comes. But where does it come from? And the next thought which is coming, does it come word by word? Or is it just a whole chunk? Like boom. So there's two different kinds of thoughts, mental images and inner dialogue. So the next thought which you're going to have, where will that come from? And you look there. It has to have a, a beginning, right? If it exists, then it has to have a beginning and an end, like everything else. So let's just wait a moment for the next thought to arrive. And uh, while you're doing that, while you're waiting for the next thought, be aware that you are there between the thoughts. It's not that you die if there's a gap between two thoughts. You, you are still there. You, you are prior to the thought. Otherwise, the thought would appear, but there would be nobody thinking it. So now the 
the thought and that which is aware of the thought, are they two, dip two different things? What are thoughts made of? So here we, we don't look into thought for answers. We look directly. We, we rely on our own experience our own introspection. Not what we read in books, not what teachers say, nobody else, just your own looking. So thoughts are a phenomena, they exist. So they need to have a place and they need to be made of something. What is that? So another uh, question could be, um, so whatever comes into the foreground in your experience, like a sensation in your body, you meet it with a question. And that question is, is this who I am? So awareness is choiceless, open, and there's a feeling maybe, a sensation in your body, a sound, a memory, a thought, your mood, maybe you're tired. So you look at it, you bring it into the foreground and you really like, you look at it, you stare at it directly. And you ask the question, is this who I am? And you just look. And there might be a yes, but if you look more deeply, then you start to see that there's at least two of me. So if I say, yes, this is who I am, but then there's the one who's looking at it. So there's two of you. One who's looking at that which you think you are. So which one of these two are you really?
the, the experience of the body, the mental image of the body and the sensations, or if you look at it and you ask, is this who I am? It is reasonable to say, yes, of course, this is who I am. Body. This is who I am. And if that is that, then I'm gone. But actually, who's looking at the body? At that mental image and that sensations? Who is that? So is this who I am? Like your wounds, personality, habits, you look at it. Is this who I am? Your name. You look at your name. Is this who I am? I mean, and you really ask it, yeah? So it's like with a childlike wonder. Is this snow? Wow, is this snow? So in the same way. Is this who I am? And then something else appears. Some sensation, sound. Maybe you feel restless or bored or you hope it's finished soon. So then you look at that and you just ask a question. I mean, it's very simple. You look at it and you ask, is this who I am? So now, of course, that inquiry would only work if this becomes a true question. And maybe it isn't, so that's fine also. And then, of course, I mentioned the defense mechanism. Maybe you can notice some of them, like, you know, this is boring, it's philosophy, it has nothing, and I have done this before, and I couldn't figure it out, it didn't work for me, so it will probably work now. It didn't, it will not work now. I have more important things to think about. I can fantasize about some better future, or I can fantasize about a good past. That's much more rewarding than asking this question, which doesn't lead anywhere, because I don't get it. <laughs> That's the thing, you're not getting it. And you never will. Okay, so let's just let go of all of that and being for a few more minutes in whatever is for you, just resting in present moment awareness.
So the, the frequency of the question is also something to play with. So definitely it's not like mechanically repeating the question. Yeah? You find your, your own rhythm in it. Maybe it's enough to ask that question once and initiate through that question uh, a, cur- a curious uh, a curious presence, a curious uh, devotional movement. Or maybe you need to, uh, let's say you do this for five minute, minutes, and it's, it's good to kind of do it short time. Yeah? So initially maybe really emphasizing the enter protocol practices and you know, doing all that stuff. Uh, like let's say you, you like breathing meditation, so then you do that 20 minutes every day. And then the last few minutes you, you, you play with uh, self-inquiry. That's an option. I mean, there's no rules at all. So what is important is that, well, nothing is really important, but kind of... <laughs> Uh, is that when you ask the question, there is, I mean, there is a bit of that curiosity and a bit of that devotion, so that it is not just a dry question. So that it is is something which is connected with your your, uh, yearning for truth, with your yearning for God. So that, that it is a bit connected with it, that, that, that it is alive, and that there is a devotion, that, that, that you, in that question, you express your willingness to surrender to the unknown. So you, you, go, you express your willingness to go beyond the conceptual mind, which is, which is uh, scary for in our culture to do that. Because our mind identification here, and here mind uh, meaning the, the condition, the, the conceptual mind. You can use mind in, in all kinds of meaning, but here now mind meaning that, that, that superficial level of our mind. So we, we are so identified with that level. So much so that it's in the beginning it might be, is there something beyond it? I mean, is there something else? Then me, 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 what about me and tomorrow, yesterday, and oh, what do the other things about me and what, what can I get out of this for me, 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 me. I need, to, I need to understand this, I need to figure this out, I need to prepare myself because tomorrow I have this meeting and uh, me, me. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something beyond? It's almost sometimes difficult to... To, to have some trust that there is life beyond me. <laughs> so, one, one uh, and then we have a break. One image, this might be kind of helpful or not. So, um, self-inquiry and all the progressive path methods, you know, all the stuff you can do, from tarot to crystal to 
whatever, <laughs> astrology or Tibetan Buddhism and, and the whole thing, uh, prayers and so on, bring you to the cliff. Yeah? So now you're standing there. So that's as far as practicing can bring us. Yeah? So there's the cliff into the unknown. So that's kind of the moment when we knock. <laughs> so, and then you need to slip. Because so far, you know, the, the egoic process could be, was kind of an ally. It, it, it thought so far that there is something in it for itself. So it, it, the yogic process was hearing all the teachings and enlightenment and liberation and it had fantasies about being enlightened and being all-powerful and being a healer. You know, everyone wants to be a healer. Yeah? And so I will be this healer. <laughs> it's <just> like... <laughs> and then, and the most wonderful thing is you will love what you do and you will make a lot of money with it because you are authentic. You, you are a healer now. And the universe will provide for you. you know, so all that stuff. And now you're standing at the cliff. <laughs> and you need to slip. But you don't know how. Because it's nothing... You know, the, the ego... Until then the ego pretended it wants to slip but it actually doesn't. So the, 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 the egoic processes, they will, they will try to pull you back with all its tricks, with all its seduction. And I wish I could, uh, I could share with you the recipe, <laughs> but there is none. Yeah. In some tradition, they talk about grace in that moment. And they, and, and they talk about having the, the, the patience and the, 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 the willingness and the courage uh, to stand there at the edge of the cliff as long as, as it takes. Praying. Maybe, maybe the, one of the best things you can still do there is to pray. Yeah. So one, one sen sense saying is, uh, enlightenment is an accident, but you can make yourself accident prone. So now, now you're standing there at the cliff, and all that has happened is almost nothing. It's, it's almost nothing, but... In another way, there's something because you can't do it. Nobody can tell you. And then uh, slipping here, uh, again, it's not that maybe that here that image is not, not appropriate because uh, um, it's it's probably and, and I mean it's that's how many people describe it. 
is probably more like a process of kind of slipping a little and and then jumping back somehow yeah and then maybe next next time slipping a little deeper uh, and also being able to slip more frequently maybe to slip once a day yeah and then once an hour and then and then also you know knowing there's the dark night of the soul that so there will there will be periods where apparently you 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 are you are actually leaving the the place at the cliff and you go back into inland yeah <laughs> and lose the cliff out of sight yeah so so it's it's not uh, i mean even the, the tibetan tradition i mean they have this as i said enlightenment but actually you know if, if you have, if you have ever uh, have received teachings on what they call the five paths yeah so in, on that five paths there is like uh, specific turning points in in incontrovertible turning points so also they they have they have the notion of that awakening is actually a process of different dimensions and different levels and different things from what you awake from i mean if you for example have had social anxiety or fear of death your whole life yeah and you feel you felt like that's it that's who i am and i so and then you have an awakening experience and suddenly it's gone that could be called an awakening and then still there's a lot of stuff still to decondition and to, and to heal Okay, so let's have a break, 15 minutes, and then uh, we can, I can try to not answer some questions. <laughs> <laughs>